Hello there. How are you? I'm good. How are you? How's your afternoon going? Afternoon edition of the Jersey Night. Yeah, afternoon edition. Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, the weather sucks. It was like, what, 72 days ago? Yeah, I was looking forward to the car cast, but then I saw I was I was eating, and I looked at the sliding glass door, and I was like, oh, it's fucking hailing out. Yeah, no. Like, that's is, definitely uh, going to screw up the audio. Yeah, it's just kind of ass. But uh, yeah, it was 72 days ago, and now it's, what, like 35? Yeah, it's miserable. Raining hail, so... But anyway, we push on. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Jersey Dynasty Podcast. I'm one of your host, Joe. And I'm your other host, Ryan. And today we're back. Uh, we actually have sports news to talk about, or uh, relevant sports, I guess. Right? Huge yeah. day yesterday. Yeah. Two of the biggest question marks of the entire offseason were just answered. We're answered on before free agency even started. We've had players getting franchise tagged. Uh, the trend this year has been for tight ends to get franchise tagged. But uh, the beef of the podcast today is going to be uh, we're going to be discussing our favorite, our top five favorite playoff games slash series. This was uh, this popped into my head um, a couple of a uh, couple days ago, and I, I just remembered to text it to you today. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, it's probably a, it's a very solid list that we could cover. Me and Joe will probably have two different uh, or a lot of different entries on this list, and. I was watching YouTube highlights of a specific, I won't want to give it away, but probably my favorite one on this entire list that I mm. doubt you'll have on here. And I was like, this is a good idea. Let's do it. So Yeah, so it should be fun. Uh, where do you, do you want to start with that or do you want to start with the... Uh, the Let's movie? just get into the Russell Wilson yeah. stuff. So uh, but we, have... We, start, we have to start with the first domino. Oh, yeah. Aaron okay. Rogers. Russell Wilson came after Rodgers. Yeah. So we'll Aaron Rodgers re-signing a four-year, $200 million deal. Uh, 153 million guaranteed. I believe that's uh, what Rose reported. He's disputed that number since, yeah. but I'm sure it's going to be something close to that. Somewhere in that ballpark, yeah. And uh, it's just it's a massive deal for him. I mean, every the the big talk was would Aaron Rodgers leave Green Bay? Will you know what's going to go on with him? And uh, there's there's the answer. Now it's looking like Devontae Adams will likely be back. Yeah, it looks like he's going to get franchise tagged, I believe, because his Rodgers signing that deal actually opened up the cap for him to get franchise tag. What I can see happening with him is he franchise he's tagged this year, and then he he might sign like a three year mm-hmm. to coincide. Like they him and Rodgers both expire at the same time. He'll probably be like what thirty three by then. He could be hitting a decline. You know, you don't want to be paying. That yeah. Guy. locked into a contract for a top two wide receiver if he's not that guy anymore in five mm-hmm. years. You know. So I think uh, after this year, they'll probably get Adams on like a three-year, and then four years from now is going to be the real end of the era. In, uh, yeah. And unless something happens within those four years. I mean, four years is an eternity in NFL yeah. time. So mm-hmm. stuff could happen. Another falling out could happen. Trades, stuff like that, roster construction. Who knows if Rodgers plays out this entire deal for the Packers, but it's mm-hmm. – I mean, I'd probably bet on him doing so. Yep. So, yeah. NFC is uh is very very top heavy. Last year the NFC was extraordinarily top heavy, but I feel like it's even more so yeah. now because an, an elite quarterback has moved from the NFC to the AFC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, then we had Russell Wilson get traded. Massive deal. Uh, included two firsts, two seconds, uh, I think a fifth, and then Noah Fant, uh, Drew Locke. Huge and, get there, and Drew Locke. And I believe the guy, is it Henry Lewis? Is that the guy's name? I don't know. Uh, Shelby Harris. Shelby Harris, yeah. I'm uh, not too familiar with him, but 
I think he's pretty good. But uh, yeah, good get for the uh the Seahawks. They got I think they got pretty good value. Good haul. Uh, I be- is the first round pick this year's. I believe it's this year's first, the ninth overall pick. So I mean, that's big too. Yeah, and then a first next year, which I mean, the Broncos getting Russell Wilson that might improve their record. So it might not be probably be a late first, mid to late first. It better improve their record. Yeah, they had a good team around them. They were missing a quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. Seattle. It looks like Seattle with Pete Carroll. He's seventy years old. He's not looking for a long term rebuild. So he's stacking mm-hmm. up these. Current drafts, you know, just hoping to acquire talent. Obviously, you acquire Drew Locke, so there's your franchise quarterback for the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, sign that guy to a seven-year deal immediately. Um, it's uh, I am kind of excited to see Drew Locke play again. I hope he wins the starting job. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, maybe uh, Seattle goes out, signs a veteran for a quarterback. I mean, they do have Geno Smith still on the roster. Yeah. Don't don't sleep on Geno. But... I think they may be open to, like, one kind of uh, tankish year. Because mm-hmm. is the next year's QB class is supposed to be better. Yeah. Correct? So um maybe they kind of just played out with Drew Locke this year, like get like four wins, and then they're in position to take a quarterback. So it's kind of a quick turnaround in the rebuild, as opposed to you know just kind of taking a guy this year and then like hoping that he kind of pans out, even though none of these guys are supposed to really pan out on like the the level that you'd want them to. Mm-hmm. You know, you just you, you kick the can down the road for another year. You get a better, higher pick. You know, you stack the talent around the quarterback in this year's draft. You get high picks. You can uh, fix the defense, maybe fix the line before you insert a rookie QB into that situation. So I think it could be beneficial. Whoever goes to the Seahawks in the 2024 draft, that quarterback, uh, they may have a very solid infrastructure around them. So. Right. Yep, and then uh, two other big things that happened. We had Mike Williams sign a three-year, $60 million extension, stay in L.A. That's crazy money. I would not have given him yeah, that Yeah, I would not have given – I mean, that's, what, $20 million a year? Like, I'm a I fan mean, of Mike Williams and what he does and the kind of exciting deep ball threat that he is, but not that kind of money. Not that kind of money. And then we also saw the Seahawks cut Bobby Wagner. Which yeah. uh, really is like the end of the era, you know, getting rid of, you know, he was like one of the last guys from the uh, the Legion of Boom. I believe team. him and Russell Wilson were drafted on the same day. Yeah. So they leave on the same day, very fitting there. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yes, yeah, so that's really the end of the era. They're, uh, they still do have some talent on the roster. You know, mm-hmm. they still have DK, still have Tyler Lockett. Um, they may be moved if they want to go full on rebuild, but I don't know if they really want to do that. You know, as I previously explained, Pete Carroll is 70 years old. Um, Jamal Adams, you know, yeah. you got him. Yep. Jamal, Jamal Adams single-handedly destroyed that franchise. If you think about it, stud D tackle Jamal Adams. Yep. And, uh, but yeah, so interesting times. We had a lot of players get franchise tagged to Orlando uh, Brown, the Orlando Brown, Jesse Bates, Dalton Schultz, Cam uh, Robinson, I believe, on yeah, the Jags. I believe so. Uh, we had Mike Dalton Gesicki. Schultz tag. Dalton Schultz tag is big. Yeah, Mike Gesicki and David Njoku. I didn't even hear about Gesicki. That's uh, that's unfortunate. I wanted the Colts to go after him. Yeah, but uh, the tight end market basically dried up in the span of about ten hours. Yeah. Um, bad bad look for teams that were in needs of tight ends. I think the best one on the market now is Gronk, which, you know, isn't. I believe uh, Chris Godwin also got franchise tagged. He did. So. Uh, going back to the Russell thing for a second, um, now that he's in the AFC West, um, how would you rank? We talked about it in the JD chat yesterday. How would you rank these four starting quarterbacks in the AFC West? 
now that I, Russell Wilson is there. Uh, I'd probably, I'd still, Mahomes one, Herbert two, uh, Wilson three, and then, uh, uh, what's his face? Carr. Uh, yeah, Carr, very distant fourth. Sensible man, that's how I'd have it. Um, I saw a lot of dissenting opinions, maybe. I think Jack had Russ over Herbert, which I don't exactly agree with at this point in their career, or really any point in their career. I mean, at the point where Russ was having major, major success in the playoffs with the Seahawks, we we, we have to acknowledge that he had a historically good defense, mm-hmm. you know. And while he has shown flashes of him being able to cook and everything, you know, in the first eight weeks of the season, since then, you know, maybe get you a playoff win every once in a while in Seattle, he... he he doesn't do what Herbert does. Yeah. He doesn't have the physical gifts that Herbert does, the abilities to just air that. I mean, I know he has a strong arm and everything, but Herbert is just on another <clears> level <throat> physically, and it, it's he's getting there mentally. And it's just a matter of time before he may be even threatening Mahomes yeah. for the top spot. And then um, I it, it's going to be hard to tell how good this Broncos team really is next year. You know, getting Russ is huge, but – I still think they lack, like, a true wide receiver one. You're Man. hoping that Russ can get Judy to that level. Yeah, you're hoping Russ brings Judy to that level. I think Tim Patrick's a really good wide receiver three. Then you I, got Sutton. Yeah, I think Sutton would be a good wide receiver two with, like, a really good wide receiver one ahead of him. Losing Fant hurts. Yeah, Fant hurts, but they got Albert uh, Albert O. Ogawakenam, I believe. Yeah, that's I, th- I think that's the best pronunciation I've heard of it so far. So I always call him Albert O. Yeah, that's but, what uh, all the announcers do. That don't the announcers don't be doing their research, you know. Yeah, but uh, hopefully, uh, I mean, if if he steps up to the next level too, that's big for them. Um, We've heard rumblings of Von Miller returning, which I said last week that I thought he'd retire a, a Ram, but yeah. <laughs> apparently he's not really thinking that way. Yeah, Rams but... are cap strapped anyway, so. You know. mm-hmm. It's got to be uh, hard for them to really uh, try and bring him in when I think they want to keep Odell, too. So it's like. Yeah, they want to keep hard. Odell. They want to keep all these guys. They already got a bunch of superstars making crazy money. So. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's basically all the NFL news. It was, uh, whoa, really... whoa, whoa. You're forgetting. Mitch Trubisky might be a giant. Oh, really? Wait, that's a thing? That's a rumbling. They may bring him in Mitch to compete with Danny Jones in camp. That'd be something. Well, you know, Dable's a, a Buffalo guy. Yeah. Mitch, I mean, Mitch was just in Buffalo, and they loved him, apparently. Yeah. That, couldn't that's get what the word on the street was, is that they did love Mitch in uh, in Buffalo. The OG MVP, yeah. Mitch Trubisky. Um, and then you bring in Daniel Jones. I think the only thing missing from that camp competition is maybe bringing Sam Darnold. Yeah, at that point, honestly, like just bringing that whole, bringing the whole draft class. Basically. I know the Giants have like no money to take on Sam Darnold's nineteen million because he's making nineteen million dollars. Good for you, yep. Sam Darnold. Um, because <laughs> they picked up his fifth year option. Yeah. So for... yeah, I think I think the camp tandem. Uh, picture this: Hard Knocks, Daniel Jones, Mitch Trubisky, Sam Darnold duking it out for the top mm-hmm. spot of this dog shit franchise. I mean, that would be so fitting. Be something special right there. Really, really cool. And uh, something else I'm seeing, uh, Jim Harbaugh says the door is closed on him returning to the NFL. Yeah, so. He's a liar. He'll be back in five years. Yep. But, uh, yeah. And then uh, supposedly just this is coming out of the combine that just ended. Uh, There's a big rumbling on Malik Willis being a very high first round pick. 
Yeah, I, I think out of all the guys, he's probably the one that I could see panning out the most. Yeah. Um, Kenny Pickett has small hands, so that's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, I think our guy that we were just talking about, Russ, was the last small hand QB to actually excel. Mm-hmm. It's very rare that that happens. Um, and Joe Joe Burrow's hands were only uh, nine inches, I think. I think Kenny's were nine and a half, so Burrow must have like ten and a half or ten. No, Kenny Pickett's eight and three quarters. What? Damn. Yeah, Joe Burrow was nine, and they everyone said they wouldn't be able to grip a football. If they're saying that about him at nine, then what are they going to say about Kenny Pickett at eight and three quarters? It's not necessarily the gripping and throwing that would concern me. It's the fumbling when you get hit. You know? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I think that's about it for NFL news. Touch on MLB real quick. Supposedly they're like close again to a deal. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, all right. But uh, and then uh, NBA, Kyrie had a 50 bomb last night on like yes. 19 shots. I uh, got home from work around the second quarter, started watching. Kyrie had a true shooting percentage of 101%. Yeah, so. Just a wildly efficient 50 ball. Um, a must, must win for the Nets. Um, starting to make our way back into the, you know, we're, I believe we're the eight seed now. Yeah, I'm looking at the standings. Um, yeah, we're the eight seed, 33 and 33. I don't think our record really means anything as long as we get into the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're very dangerous, especially Ben Simmons. We play the, the Sixers uh, next week, and Ben Simmons is supposed to be on the bench during that game. Oh, man. So that's going to be uh, interesting to see, to say the least. Um, we have your Knicks at 27 and 38. <laughs> Dumpster fire. Yeah, looking like Tibbs will be sent away after this year. Uh, Atlanta barely in the play-in at the 10 seed. Kind of mm-hmm. interesting um, if they're somehow overtaken. The the one team I could see falling out of the play-in tournament right now would be the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, they've been a little inconsistent recently. But honestly, there's not really any teams below them that I could see threatening. You know, the Magic, Pistons, and Pacers are well out of it. The Knicks, yeah. they would need to get really hot really soon. Yeah. The Wizards, Beals, I, I, I Beals out, so that's not going to happen. And then looking at the West, the Phoenix Suns have stayed above water. Mm-hmm. With, uh, without Devin Booker and Chris Paul, they're 52-13. and 13. Yep. Um, the Grizzlies have overtaken the Warriors. So the Warriors, the Warriors have really hit a slump. Yeah, they're on an eleven-game losing streak now, right? I think. Um, they're no, they they won yesterday, but they were uh, they yeah. were they had like a their last ten, they're three and seven. Yeah, it's somewhat. Yeah, it's been it's been bad. They've been without Draymond, I think, right? Yeah, Draymond is so people. Uh, a lot of people discount Draymond's contribution to the uh, to the offensive side of the ball, and because he's not scoring a lot of points and he doesn't shoot efficiently. People tend to write him off as an offensive negative or whatever, but he is so crucial to the ball movement. The entire – he is a huge cog in that offense, and it's mm-hmm. hard to see when I'm looking on the stat sheet, but if you watch, he he really makes everything go. You know, he really opens everything up for Steph and Clay, and they've really been struggling without him. So I'm sure when he gets back, they'll be uh, in a good spot. But then, you know, you have the Jazz. The Mavericks have been surging lately. They're on a five-game winning streak. Luka's in shape. He's not Huka Doncic anymore. He's uh, not fat. Um, and another team in the Our Stars Not Fat Anymore club is is the Nuggets, you know? Jokic. Uh, a lot of people saying he could be the MVP. Okay. Great. Sorry about that. Boss, boss man called me. Boss calls were made? Yeah. I, I texted him back. I said, what's up? And he said, oh, you're still coming in tonight. I'm like, I'm like yeah. 
He's like, all right, good. So, damn, you gotta let him know to not interrupt the podcast. Yeah, I, I got a little let, shit like that. Yeah, I gotta let him know in the future. But uh, you're talking about Draymond, his importance to the. Uh, That's where it cut off. I didn't get yeah. into the Mavericks yet. No, nah. I I kept I I noticed it went kind of silent, but I thought you were just being really quiet. And I yeah. kept talking for a couple more uh, seconds, but yeah. yeah. I basically said, you know, the, the Mavs five straight, Luca not fat anymore, yeah. played himself into shape. And then I said, Nuggets, another our stars not fat anymore team. They, you know, they kind of start off a little sluggish around the start of the year and then they've surged. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've won three straight. Jokic is being talked about as MVP along with Embiid. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much you've been keeping up with the race, but who would you favor right now? It's like every time uh, Embiid has a 40-plus point game, Jokic does like 30-point triple-double the next night, you know? Yeah, they've really been going, you know, back and forth. Yeah. Very good Um, stuff. I'd probably say – I think Embiid might still be slightly ahead. Yeah. Just just because, like, I mean, Embiid – like, it's close, though. Like, it's definitely very close. So, I'm going to give a slight edge to Embiid. But if either guy – like, I'm happy either way with either guy winning, so. Here's what I'll say. Right now, it's Embiid, but the James Harden trade could lead. I know it hasn't at all so far, but it could lead to Embiid not having to do as much, not having the insane numbers that we've seen from him so far this year. Uh, I think he could finish the season kind of, you know, a little bit uh, less than what we've seen from him so far. And, And Jokic, with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. out, could continue to put up these, you know, ludicrous 20 rebound triple doubles and stuff like that. Um, he just needs to get a little more aggressive. Sometimes he has a, occasionally he has a passive game, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like with this situation, he's having those less and less frequently. And there's a chance that he due to Embiid's uh, decreased role slightly with Harden. Um, he could propel himself to number one, but right now I would say Joel Embiid is the MVP, but it's, it's very cool to see, Two centers, you know, coming off the, the early 2010s into the end of the decade were a very um, bad time for centers in the mm-hmm. NBA. You, know, you yeah. had, like, Roy Hibbert being the best center in the league at one point, and it wasn't really a – the game was transforming to a more perimeter-centric game, and centers are kind of slow to catch up with that. But now we have two centers who don't necessarily play traditionally. I know Embiid would fit more into that, you know, role than Jokic, of course, with his playmaking and all that. His, but they both shoot from outside. They both uh, occasionally get their own shot uh, off the dribble and stuff, uh, even in the post. Mm-hmm. Of course, in the post, Embiid has, a, has very good jump shots in the post. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a testament to how much the center position has grown so rapidly. If you go back just 10 years ago, the center position was almost dead in the NBA, you know? Yeah. There wasn't a there wasn't any MVP candidates in at the center position in yep. the NBA. And now you go to today and both of the top 2, definitely one of these guys are going to win it, are both centers. So mm-hmm. Shout so, out to centers everywhere. Yep, shout out to the big men out there. I think Andre Drummond's being snubbed from the MVP conversation, but you know, we'll <laughs> talk about that another time. Yeah, him and uh, him and Mitch Rob are uh... <laughs> but uh yeah so that's the nba all all three major sports covered uh but yeah so now we could go into our list our uh top five series slash games in the playoffs another really fun exercise i have to say yes um looking back on these years and everything so many good so many good playoff moments have been produced mm-hmm 
Yeah, I do have some honorable mentions. I, I didn't want to put my teams in the top five. Yeah, I want I do. To... I do have one for each sport in all my teams, but they are all very, very deserving of being. Yeah, I'd say I. Uh, I couldn't put my team in in the in the list. So my honorable mentions, I put the Bart Scott can't wait game. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, from the AFC divisional round, in, I think twenty ten or twenty eleven, one of those two years. Yeah, that's... 2010. I, I yeah. still watch that game on YouTube sometimes just yeah. because that, that's a great one to look back on. An all-time that, classic. And then I also put Rays Dodgers Game 4 2020 World Series. Uh, it's the game where they won on the, the Brett Phillips walk-off. Oh, that was awesome stuff. I was jumping up and down in front of my TV. Yeah, that so, was uh, insane. That's a Rosarena around third, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh. He, he stumbled, but yeah. So those I had to put those in as honorable mentions. I couldn't put the. I didn't want to be like biased. Put them in my top mm-hmm. five. I wanted. To, I took my list as from like a neutral viewing. So, but uh, uh, yeah. So let's, you can go first. Let's see. What do you have? My all right. I'll go through the three that include my team first i didn't put these in any specific order but i will <laughs> cover my favorite one at number one mm-hmm. uh the first one i'll talk about is colts versus chiefs in the 2013 wild card game mm-hmm. um the colts were down four touchdowns in the third quarter um and somehow managed to come back via andrew luck um just shredding them and then you know a couple <laughs> injuries i'm not that biased there was a couple things that played into the colts favor, but just an incredible comeback um andrew luck recovering a fumble from Donald Brown and then driving it into the end zone by himself was uh, mm-hmm. amazing. Him hitting T.Y. Hilton on that deep, deep crossing route for the game-winning touchdown. Uh, that's that's his signature game of his career, in my opinion. It was uh, It's great to look back on every once in a while. And uh, so that is my number five pick. All right. Uh, <coughs> my number five. Oh, sorry, I'm dying. Uh, my number five. <laughs> Uh, it's actually, it comes from this year's NFL playoffs. I put that Bills-Chiefs uh, AFC Divisional game. Mm. <laughs> that also made my list. One, such a phenomenal game. Back and forth. I mean, Chiefs driving the field with 13 seconds left. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm literally dying. Rip. Joe Flem. <coughs> Host of the JD Pod from 2019 to 2022 before uh, his voice Holy gave fuck. out on him. But, um classic game i mean the last two minutes we had what three two touchdowns or what I mean, there was like four touchdowns yeah and then you know sucks the game had that in that way in overtime but just from a neutral viewing standpoint like the way it was back and forth kept you on the edge of your seat both quarterbacks played a great game that tyree kill touchdown is just crazy like yeah. he just catches the ball in the middle of the field and just hits the gas i've, I've never seen anything like that mm-hmm. really but yes, that's my number five. All right. Um, the number four came from last year's NBA playoffs. I have the Bucks versus Nets series from last year's playoffs. Um, if I had to pick a specific game from this, I'd pick KD's game five, where he had a 49-point triple-double playing 48 minutes um, mm-hmm. with nobody else around him. Kyrie out, Harden out, just KD and the supporting pieces. It was one of the the gut, gutsiest performances I've ever seen in any sport. Um, he was absolutely automatic. And then even game seven of that series, I went to game one. That was cool. It wasn't exactly like a nail bite or anything. The Nets won pretty comfortably. But uh, game seven, even though they the Nets lost, just 
the KD buzzer beater, the feeling that he was going to make whatever shot he took at the end of that game. You just had a feeling he was going to tie that game up. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think I was watching it live. I didn't even think that there was a chance he, he, he got behind the three point line at first. I was like, Oh, that's obviously a two. And then they kept looking. I was like, Oh, I didn't know it was that close to being a three. Uh, just crazy stuff. And then we, we actually scored the first few points of overtime. I thought we had it in the bag and then we just collapsed and mm-hmm. Bucks went on to win the championship, but just an incredible series, uh, incredible star power. Giannis, KD, you had Harden for like a couple games on, you know, 50%. Chris Middleton hit some really crucial shots down the stretch, but yeah, just an overall amazing playoff series at number four. All right. <clears throat> Throwing it back to uh, 2016 here for my number four spot. But uh, we're going to look at it. It's a 2016 World Series. Uh, Cubs came back from down 3-1 to break their, like, 108-year uh, World Series slump. Their first World Series win since the collapse of the Ottoman Empire. Yeah. But uh, great series. I mean, all the games, too, were pretty close, except really, like, game six. But uh, Cleveland, they went up 3-1. And then uh, Chicago were able to take the next two. And then game seven, I mean, so many great moments from that game. You had David Ross's home run. Uh, you had, I mean, Rajay Davis off a roll Chapman in the bottom of the eighth to tie the game. You had the weather delay in the ninth. You had the Kipnis troll foul ball. Yeah, if, uh, I thought that Kipnis foul ball was a home run. Yeah, it looks um, like it's so much off the bat. It's so far foul, though. But yeah, so so many good moments from that series, uh, especially Game Seven. One of the better Game Sevens I think I've been able to witness. So uh, that takes my uh, my second or my number four spot. Uh, the number three for me is one that's very dear to my heart. This would be the Mets versus Dodgers, twenty fifteen National League Division Series. Um, just to to set the scene on why this is so such a important series to me i had up until this point you have to realize i had never watched mets playoff baseball i mean they made the playoffs in 2006 but i was five years old didn't really understand or remember anything probably didn't even watch the games um this is my first experience with mets playoff baseball um you have of course the infamous war criminal chase utley uh brutalizing (laughs) ruben tejada um you have the yoannis cespedes uh, just laser shot to really put a dagger in them in game four, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That was just the commentary that was, that one is just absolutely drilled to left field. Just an incredible moment there with Cespedes. You have Murphy starting off his, his um incredible six consecutive games with a home run streak in game four of this series. Um, just so much uh, good, you know, memories with, you know, Matt Harvey, Jacob DeGrom, Noah Syndergaard. Um, yeah. So overall, back and forth, I believe they alternated wins every single game in the yeah. series. So that was really cool. Just everything you'd want in a playoff series. You had really intense hatred between these two teams because of, you know, Chase Utley being a fucking scumbag. So that's my pick. All right. Very nice. Uh, my number three here. We're throwing it back to 2012. We're looking at the AFC divisional round. We had a game between the Ravens and the Broncos. Mm. 38-35 win. Uh, it's the the Joe Flacco touchdown down the sideline with like seven seconds left in regulation game. Another fun fact about this game, though, is Trendon Holiday 
had a punt return and a kick return for a touchdown. I don't know if you remember Trendon Holiday, but he was pretty good at returning. He was 5'5", five, five, I believe. Yeah. He's pretty good return. I think it's the only time in postseason history a player's ever had a kickoff return and a touch a kickoff and a punt return touchdown in the same game. Uh but another back and forth game. Joe Flacco, when he needed it most, they were down seven. Gets that touchdown down the sideline. They go on to win the game in overtime. But uh, I remember watching that game live, and when he threw that touchdown, I went fucking nuts. Yeah. That was like eleven year old Flem, so shout out Joe Flacco. Jets legend right there, so yeah, as I uh, as I said, the Bills Chiefs also made my list, so I will get into my favorite playoff series that I can recall, and this will be the Jazz versus the Nuggets first round oh, in the, the bubble, bubble series. Oh my the bubble God. series! This is the most insane high level basketball I've ever seen from two star players in a. I mean, it happened to be the first round, but any playoff series. You have a 3-1 comeback by the Denver Nuggets. You have Donovan Mitchell dropping a 57 ball in game one, 30-piece in game two, 51 in game four. Jamal Murray drops 42 in game five and 50 in game six. I mean, you have Jamal Murray going for a 360 reverse layup. I mean, he is flying through the air. He looks like prime Michael Jordan. Uh, Donovan Mitchell playing his heart out, uh, unfortunately blowing the 3-1 lead. This this is the highest level I've ever seen two star players trade blows like this. It just seemed like every single game you'd look up, oh yeah, both these guys have 50 or 40 again, and it was just like nothing I've ever seen. Um, I'm very fond of the bubble for this reason because I feel like it ampli- amplified the best players' best abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, that's my number one pick. I absolutely loved watching this series, and I will still occasionally go back and watch highlights of it just to see Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray pulling up from ridiculous ranges, making crazy layups, and dropping 50 balls like it's nothing. Very nice. Uh, So I'll go through my last two here. It's close for the top spot, honestly. Uh, I think I'll I'll do my number two first here. We're We're going all the way back to 2009. Ooh. We have an NFC wild card game between the Packers and the Cardinals. Yes, a, fi- a 51-45 win for the Cardinals in overtime. Uh, it's the game you always see the highlight of Larry Fitzgerald running like 70 yards on the screen mm-hmm. and getting tackled at like the five in overtime. But you got to go back to regulation when the Packers tied the game up with no time left on a Hail Mary. Uh, oh, this is that's uh 2015, right? Oh wait, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hold on. 2009's 2009's one where Rogers gets sacked and then kicks the ball up and in overtime oh, and they lose. Wait, I think I had the wrong year. 2015 is. Uh, I think I meant the 2015 yeah, game. Yeah, that's the Jeff Janis game. Yeah, I think I meant the 2015 one, but yeah, that game. What what a coincidence that two the two same teams played two ludicrously insane yeah. playoff games like within six years of each other. Yeah, I think I meant to look for the 2015 one, but I actually wrote down the 2009 in my notes. But you, you get the gist. Both those yeah. games were fucking phenomenal. And then uh, my number one, probably the greatest series I'll ever watch in my life, 2016 NBA Finals. LeBron, 3-1 comeback. Nothing else you have to say. Yeah, I feel... uh, It's still ages. I can go back and watch a video on that anytime. So, I think it's specifically game... Games five, six, and seven. Yeah, it's the last. The first four games were all blowouts, but the last three games, 
Like Draymond getting the tech in game five or what it was. That's he got in game four and was out for game five. And yeah. then Kyrie and LeBron both dropped forty in game five. Yeah. And then game six is when LeBron swats Curry and Curry fouls out, throws his mouthpiece. Aisha Curry tweets that it's all rigged. And then yep. game seven, of course, and you don't even have to go into game seven. Yeah. Actually, I, mean, I will point out that Draymond had thirty five in game seven. Yeah, bro. He Draymond had like nine might... threes. I saw a I'm pretty sure Draymond said that if they won that finals, he would have gotten finals MVP. And I'm pretty sure he would have gotten finals MVP. I, I would have given it to him. Kyrie I, really folded in the I past. Agree like, with it, man. Uh, yeah, that's another. I started. I started listening to Draymond's podcast. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a good listen. He has really good guests on. It's funny. Everyone's been having Charles Oakley on their podcast lately. Yeah, and he, <laughs> you know how Charles Oakley does. He yeah. just uh. He just um comes in and spews that nonsense about yep. the eighties and nineties. Yep, yep, yep. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, if I'll ever watch, it's more like a three game stretch. But I don't know if I'll ever watch a better three game stretch of uh basketball, just with how like intense those games were. So, just the amount of history and like lore yeah. that's come from all of that, and then you have the afterwards of you know them getting KD and all that leading, and yeah. you have the prior of them being injured and the Warriors kind of limping to that finals because they should have swept the, the Cavs, you know, mm-hmm. with uh, all those injuries. But LeBron somehow making it a six-game series. And mm-hmm. probably the only time we'll ever see four straight NBA finals matchups between the two same teams. Yeah. Just a shame that we were kind of robbed of it being competitive in the last half. Yeah. That's why, you know, this is such a great series because it's kind of the teams both at full strength, Warriors, best record ever, Cavs, you know, doing their thing in the Eastern Conference, mm. have their trio. It's it's the best of, it's the best of the four matchups for sure. Um, but who knows if they would have even matched up four times in a row without KD. So, mm-hmm. but anyway. But yeah, that's my list. Uh I mean, you have anything else you'd like to add for this week's episode? Um, I will. I actually don't. Yeah, really. I, don't really, I don't really have anything else to add either. So, um, next week, big week, we got a uh, March Madness brackets. Oh yes, we might have a a guest appearance from the, the Funky Hippos themselves. Yeah, I'm so, hoping uh, uh, they're bracket guys. I feel like they will be. Yeah, if not, I mean, who knows? Maybe, uh, yeah, we could just shoot the shits with them. Like, that could be a good time. Um, but yeah, so big week coming up next week. Spring break for us, so it'll be a it'll be a nice time to have a week off from school. Yeah, we might. You said we might possibly. Uh, double might have, up with guests. Yeah, maybe, maybe double dip. Who knows? A I lot mean. of a lot of guys will be home this next week, so yeah. it may you know work out well. Hopefully so. But anyway, I want to thank you guys for tuning into this week. Follow all the socials, the Twitter at JerseyDynasty19, uh, the Instagram at JerseyDynastyPodcast, and the TikTok at the Jersey Podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week, maybe double dip a little bit. And, uh, yeah, just keep pumping out these episodes. We're closing in on number 100, so we got to come up with uh, something special for that soon. But anyway, take care and have a good day.